Friday, everyone. It is Christmas Eve. So Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays or whatever it is that you celebrate, make it a happy one. This is episode number 190 of Shut Up and Grind. We're getting closer and closer to that 200 milestone. We're getting there. So of Shut Up and Grind with your host, yours truly, Robert B. Foster. So now if you are brand new to this show, we're all about overcoming obstacles. We're about defying the odds and helping you clear the path of whatever is in your way from reaching your goals. And so if you, again, if you're new, if you're joining me over on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. If you're joining me on Facebook, please like and share because you don't want to keep all this good stuff to yourself. So my guest today is another member of the Five Kid Club because as you all know, I have my foster five. So we're going to be talking about parenting and how to get the most out of your kids without being a tyrant. So I think we're going to have a really good conversation about this because, you know, a couple of decades ago, I was probably that tyrant p- parent that she's going to gonna talk about when I bring her on. But, you know, as I've matured and grown, you know, I've, I've learned how to get through to, to the kids without having to constantly drop the iron fist. So I think we're going to have a great conversation about that. And so, again, if you're brand new and you have no idea who I am, let me introduce myself. I started doing workshops and doing groups where I'm getting up in front of, front of others, like outside of the gym setting and talking about resilience and perseverance and goal setting and vision and taking action. You should know what one hour of your time is worth. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. starts with clarity of vision. If you don't have the clarity of vision, whatever next thing you get, you're not going to see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision. So the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again. And all that stuff, I was like, you know what? Like, I want to be able to take this even bigger. If you know why you do what you do, you have to know how to charge for what you do. That's how you're going to change your life, and that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family. you got to know your work. So that's me. All right, so for today's teachable moment, and then we'll bring my, bring my guest on. Today, I want to talk about seizing the opportunity, because one of the biggest things, one of the biggest excuses people use is it's not the right time. It's not the right time. It's not the right time. So if there's something that you, that you want to, to do and you keep putting it off, I know I've said this in multiple teachable moments. I'm just going to say it from a different angle this time, is to just get started. The only time you're guaranteed is right now, right now, this moment. And I know I've shared several times about what happened to my sister in 2016, where she's a special education, um, uh, I don't know her full title, but she works in special education in Massachusetts. And so she was at one school and she was driving to go to her next appointment at another school. And then she woke up three weeks later in the hospital because while she was driving, she had a brain aneurysm burst. And there's only a 20% chance of survival with these things. And so she's in that 20% because five years later, she's still here with us. But just since that happened to her, she started think, looking back on things that she kept putting off and kept putting off. And I told her, you know, don't, don't beat yourself up. You know, everything happens for, for a reason. Like you went through this for a reason. 
you know, let's package up the story and let's go inspire people with it. You know, but just the point is, is by in putting things off, like you're not guaranteed that you're going to get to it. So just get started. And then once you get started, you know, you don't have to write your book in four days. You know, <laughs> like if you want to write, write a book, just do what you can. If you only have 10 minutes a day, give those 10 minutes a day. Then by the end of the year, your book might be done. And if you want to st- start a podcast, just start talking. When I started mine, I just started talking. I didn't have a fancy camera. I didn't have the fancy microphone. I didn't have any of this stuff. I just sat down and started talking. My first couple lives, nobody was on the live stream. <laughs> it was just me talking to myself, essentially. And then over time, now we've built up an audience. I have, have guests from all over the world, and we're listened to in 31 countries now. You know, But none of that would have happened if I didn't have the courage to get started. Okay, so that's the teachable moment of the day. So now let's talk about how to, how to handle your kids when they get on your last nerve, because you know what happens. So my guest, she is a best-selling author, a family empowerment coach, and the founder of Pumped Up Parenting and Fun Fit Family Fitness. Just that title sounds like a cool place to visit. So she's a mom of five kids, two she gave birth to, and three she gained from marriage, as well as a grandma of nine. She has successfully parented a blended family for over 24 years. So helping me with this discussion is Celia Kibler. Did I pronounce that right? You did. Thanks, okay. Robert. How good, are you? Good. I am doing great. So good morning to you. And thank you for taking the time to come and share your experiences and your expertise with us. My absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So so you said backstage that you're from Maryland. What part? Uh, just outside of Baltimore in Glen Burnie. Okay. I got I gotta start start connecting you guys because you're probably like my eighth, my eighth person that I've had on that's from just outside Baltimore. Oh, really? You know, yeah, get a little a lot of outside Baltimore. <laughs> That's true, too. <laughs> That's very true. So are you originally from Maryland? I am. Born born and bred here in Baltimore and okay. uh, haven't spent a whole lot of time outside of Maryland, although I have. And okay. uh, my children, two of my children are here. My son, my husband's sons are in Virginia, so just a couple hours away. So okay. fortunate to be close to all my family. Nice. Love it. Absolutely love it. What's your favorite thing about living there? Uh, crabs. I love crabs. <laughs> and I live on the water. So I guess that's, I'm super grateful to live on the water. It's just nice. peaceful, calm. The birds are always out and <laughs> boats are out and, you know, doesn't get much better than that. Love it. Awesome. All right. So through the lens of your best friend, how would they describe you? I would say my best friend who I have known since we were two years old and now at 63. Oh, no, she's 64 now. Oh, that's right. She just had a birthday. So uh, through our many, many 60 years, she would say I'm kind, compassionate, a great mom, a great grandma, and I love my family and I care very deeply for all living things. Oh, nice. Love it. Great answer. Yeah, so if you see me look, looking down, I, I have a notebook. I take notes. That's fine. All good. All right. <laughs> All right, so how would you describe your upbringing? I was raised by two very loving parents who sadly are both gone now, but that's because I'm old and 
they were too lucky. Luckily, they lived nice long lives. My mother lived to be 88 and my father just passed away a year and a half ago at 92. Uh, They were very loving, married almost 70 years. Crazy, right? Wow. And uh, my father, though, he was a yeller. He, He came from a dad who physically and mentally abused him. He swore he would never physically abuse us, but unfortunately that short temper that was developed when he was a child came into the family and has a lot to do with what I do now in helping parents. Okay. All right. Yeah, my my dad, he he really I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't say he was a yeller, like he he just had that dad voice, you know, <laughs> where, it's, where it's just like Robert, yes. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we just knew. Exactly. Like, it's like my grandfather was military, my dad was military, so like no, they were just there was always rules, strict rules. You didn't break the rules. If you broke the rules, you definitely got dealt with. <laughs> right, know, but, right. But was my dad was a lot like that too. He was yes. what well, he was a World War II veteran, but he worked for the Navy almost his entire life. He was head of science and technology for the Navy and Um, So always surrounded by military people and Mm. very kind of fixed in his ways up until the day we we said goodbye to him. And uh, but, you know, a a very kind man always had our back. I mean, even with, you know, his inability to keep his temper at times, never doubted that man didn't have our back 24 seven. My mother was probably one of the kindest women you would humans you would ever meet just loved everybody didn't have a bad thing to say about anyone and um i couldn't ask for two better parents i'm very grateful that i had them i miss them dearly i wear their wedding bands around my neck Mm -hmm. and um i i love them and miss them and they're my faves uh, Next to my children, I love my kids too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I lost my dad along the same the same time frame. I lost him in in uh, 2019, and same thing. Like I keep his picture here in my office. I have one in my bedroom. I have his obituary on the dashboard of my car. You know, but, and same thing. You know, I was 45 when he passed away, so it's like you know, I'm just grateful that I was able to have that amount of time with him. Exactly. It's, you know, it's that it like what you said about your sister, you have to be grateful for every day. You have to be happy you woke up. I had a heart attack last July showed there's nothing that would have told anyone, any doctor that I was going to have a heart attack. In fact, even the doctor who did surgery and put the stent in my heart said I had a heart of someone 20 years younger than me. But it was just a fluke thing. Little Mm. piece of plaque broke off. My heart, my body clotted it 98% to the main artery in my heart. And I almost was not here. But like your sister, I became a heart attack survivor last year. So, hooray. Love it. it. Yeah, just, I think it was just two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, one of my other sisters just had a mild, she had a mild heart attack. Same thing. Like she just said, she's like her. She was getting a pain in her lower abdomen. Well, I mean, sorry, her upper abdomen, and it just felt weird. She couldn't sleep, so she's like, "I'm gonna go and go and get checked." 
because she actually has a transplanted kidney. She actually had my my kidney, <laughs> and uh, so thank you. You know, so she gets really nervous anytime she gets sick. So she would just go in to get checked out. They ran all the tests, and they ended up keeping her for a few days because she showed signs that she had a mild heart attack. So she had a mild blockage. A, a stent wasn't needed, thank God. But I mean, she's fifty four. <laughs> but yeah. it was just like just another scare for her because her body's been through so much since her kidneys failed. So it's like I, I constantly preach that that seize the moment, seize the opportunities. You know, yeah, like just you don't procrastinate. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, and for women out there that are listening, we don't get that you know pressure in the chest and tingling down our arm at no point. And I was almost gone. Did I feel that pressure in my chest and that tingling down my arm? I had backache, I had nausea. I was with my two grandkids and I felt like I was going to faint. And I had to faint my whole life. I mean, this was like not a new thing for me, but I wasn't going to faint with my grandkids and I called for help. And thank goodness I did. Yes. Because I think if I was home, I'm not so sure I would have. Wow. Yeah, it's like my, in, in my family, I know we're going off topic for a second, but in my <laughs> family, there's a history of heart of heart disease. Heartless said, my, my father died from a, uh, from, from a heart attack. He had, what, what do you call it? Stage four heart failure. And then like his mom had a massive heart attack at 39. You know, she, my grandmother, but I never met her. She passed away before I was born, but she was 39 years old. She died of a massive heart attack. Mm-hmm. Then my grandfather died of a heart attack. Several uncles died of a heart attack. So, so I get anything in this region. I go to the ER. Like it was to, to, the, point, to, right, to the point where my primary care calls me. He's like, Robert, your heart is fine. <laughs> he's like, you're, like you're young. Yeah, he's like you're young. You're healthy. I said, dude, I don't care. <laughs> I said, exactly. I will go. I will have them draw the blood, test the urine, do whatever it is that they do, and let them tell me you're fine. <laughs> I said, I am not going to leave that that chance. Not with my family's history. Nope. Exactly. <laughs> when that cardiologist came in the day after my heart attack, she was like, "You look great." I'm like, "Well, thanks." You know, I'm kind of tired. She goes, "No." <laughs> You don't understand. People that had just go through what you go through, they're overweight. They don't eat well. They, they're not fit like you. You know, they're, they have diabetes. They drink. They smoke. All the things I don't do. Yeah. You know, and she's like, you know, and it was just a fluke. So you never know. Take every day. Wake up grateful that you opened your eyes. A lot of people don't. Yes. Yeah, so true. So true. So true. All right. So let's get back on topic. All right. So when you were growing up, what did you see yourself doing as a profession? Teaching. I always wanted to be a teacher okay. from the time my little brother was two years old and I used to teach him math. And of course he grew up mm-hmm. to be a genius. Totally my influence, I'm sure. But, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I always loved teaching. I used to teach art like in second grade to all my friends. I mm-hmm. love to teach. And when I went to the University of Maryland back in the 70s, there were so many teachers. They literally told us, if you're going for a teaching major, you'll never get a job. Change your major. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but here I am teaching. In all <laughs> ways, I teach fitness to kids and I teach parents. And so that's what I do. Yeah, it, isn't it, isn't it funny how it always comes back to what you want to do anyway? It's like that's why I, that's why I love getting the guest backstories because it, it always ties into what they're doing now. And there's like somewhere along the way, 
you, you like with with me. I, I've always wanted to be. I know there wasn't podcasting, you know, back in the day, but I always wanted to be in some type of role like this. And then I ended up falling into the restaurant trap, <laughs> and I, I did that for you know almost two decades. But then it, it all circles back now. Same thing. I'm back into fitness because I've I've always been an athlete. It's like I want to get back to my athletic roots, and I love speaking. I love speaking to people. I love motivating people. And then watching people just have the, the the switch go off in them. Like that's the moment. That's that's the stuff that lights my soul on fire. You know? So like be, Absolutely. Yeah, like being at class this morning, we do a Christmas Eve throwdown, I call it. We do them for all the major holidays. And, you know, we had 30 people in class today. And then just, just watching everybody just plow, plow through it for an hour and a half. It's like eleven. They 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 always call me out by having a smile on my face as I'm walking through. They're like, "You just love torturing us." I'm like, "No, <laughs> like I'm actually, I'm actually proud that you guys are taking it." <laughs> and I was like, "That's the part that 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 makes me smile." Just watching them, thinking back to when they first started and how out of shape they were and how they had no endurance and how they had no strength, and then to watch them get through what I put them through today. It's like that's just a proud moment. It is. It's always rewarding when I'm I'm helping kids, whether I, you know, I'm teaching them. We're in our fitness classes and I'm teaching them and they're loving it. And the parents in our classes always work out with the kids. So they're always having a good time working out. And yes. when I work with parents and they have success and, you know, they're like, I haven't yelled for a week. It's there is <laughs> no better feeling in the world because ultimately it's the path to helping all children and Children, they're my peeps. I love them. I love them. <laughs> yeah, and we, we have to keep in mind that these kids are going to be running us one day. <laughs> when we're older exactly. and retired, these kids are going to be in control. <laughs> so. Exactly. It's not by mistake that my tagline in Pumped Up Parenting is because we're running adult, because, excuse me, because we're raising adults, not children. And that's exactly. what we're doing. That's you so know, true. what you're doing today is how they will be tomorrow. Yeah, it's like it's with my <laughs> yeah with with my younger with my younger kids because I, I my oldest is twenty two my second oldest is nineteen and so with my younger I have a fourteen year old daughter and twin boys who are twelve and so see I, I got thrust into the five kid club it was it was supposed <laughs> to be four <laughs> and the guy's like here's Hi. one more just because <laughs> you're doing such a great job. <laughs> <laughs> like let's just add another challenge on top of the two-year-old you know so <laughs> but um but but yeah uh i lost my train of thought with that but anyway so with so when did you start going down the path to doing what you're doing now so i started fun fit in 1987 with my sister okay. and our classes started with elementary school kids then we moved on to toddlers and we would do some high school, but not much, mostly stay in the toddler group and the elementary school group. Okay. And I was constantly asked for parenting advice. Like, I, I believe parents think that if you teach children, you're an expert. And to a point, if you teach children all the time for like 40 years, like I have, that alone gives you a lot of expertise in the management of children. Yeah. Uh, but it got to the point where I would be asked so often and I, my replies were so helpful. I realized that although our fun fit 
fitness classes were very helpful to the health and wellness of children and families. Mm-hmm. I could go a step further and start helping parents, excuse me, start helping parents really create cooperative, productive, successful homes where yelling was eliminated, respect was encouraged and developed, and trust and feeling valued became an everyday occurrence. I love that. All right, so when you were coming up with the concept for Fun Fit, so everything that you just said, was that <laughs> was that the initial goal going in or did it evolve as you went along? The Fun Fit or the Pumped Up Parenting? The Fun Fit. So fun. So what happened with Fun Fit is my sister and I decided to start a fitness business. She was doing fitness in California and in New York, and she came back to Baltimore. And I was like the klutzy part of it. Mm-hmm. I am not like my sisters are dancers. I am not. <laughs> and so, but I had some business experience. So we decided to form Fun Fit because... Uh, it's wrong. We decided to form Body by Maddie, which was our adult classes. And after about a year, Baltimore County in Maryland came to us and asked us to create a kids fitness class that wasn't sports, mm-hmm. was not, was non-competitive, not like sport teams were. So they could offer the other kids something else. And then we decided, well, you know what? We really love hanging out with kids. We are both way immature. <laughs> you know, we miss that, whatever I always say, whatever that gene is that makes you grow up. That's, I, I miss, I, that's missing from my body. And once we started creating things for kids and playing with kids, we knew this was like our destiny. And we loved it. And we loved the joy of kids. I was a kid that was never picked for teams. Never. I was the one. They picked everyone. And then they were like, okay. I guess I'll take Celia. I wore a body brace from eighth grade to 12th grade. I had like face braces from third grade to eighth grade. I, I, you know, I was like the kid. Luckily, I was super fun and friendly. So I had a lot of friends. But it's, you know, I knew how that felt. And I knew how when you felt like you had no confidence in a sport or anything athletic, that you just felt like, you know, like you were no good at things. Yeah, like you were an outsider. Yeah. And so I was, you know, never, like I said, pick for teams. So I just felt like, well, you know, I'll just hang out and watch. And when you see the joy of kids' faces who may be overweight or maybe they have special needs or maybe there's something going on or maybe they just simply don't like competition Mm. and they're able to get an incredible workout, get fit, have fun, all while helping their bodies stay strong and their minds stay strong. It, it's, it was great. I mean, it, you know, it's almost like a drug, you know, you want more and more of it. You want to see kids happier and happier and happier and happier yes. and laughing more and more and more. And so we went full force into children and my sister stepped out of it uh, back in 2000 because she went to, she married a guy in New York, but she's still, working with children in their business. And so it's just, I love it. There's, you know, nothing I would rather, people always go, so if you could like pick anything in the world to do, what would it be? 
it would be what I'm doing right now. There, there is nothing I would rather do. Love it. See, I, I've always said, I said, I know I said it on this show probably 50 times at least that I think a big issue is that kids are, kids are taught the same way, but kids don't receive the information the same way. Like just how you use the, uh, the example about sports, you know, not every kid is cut out for sports or, or they're interested in sports. That was me with art. Art. I, I really think that I only passed art just so that I could I could go to the next grade because I didn't like it. I couldn't do it. I wasn't into it, and I didn't want to be into it. Like doing like all right, draw this, and mine would look like a hot mess. And then there are other people that they're like Robert, you're not trying. I'm like, trust me, I am. <laughs> I just this is just something that I can't do. I just didn't have it. And some people have that when it comes to athletics. Like I see it all the time. And what I try to do is to give kids their role. It's like, you have a role. So, so see someone's over there. He's it's, take basketball. He's really good at shooting, but you're a phenomenal passer, right? So when you get the ball, look for, for him, him or her, pass them the ball, let them shoot, you know, and just try, try to cut, just give them a role. Like yes, when, find when, their, their passion. Yes. That reminds me of my son. Yes. When my son was in, what's it called? You know, after school stuff. What's it? Whatever. <laughs> yeah. school, like league thing. Yeah. He was always tall. He was always a head taller than everybody on the teams. And his coaches would be like, shoot, shoot, shoot. And he would get the ball and be like, I do not want this responsibility. Let yeah. me hand it to someone else. And one coach decided he would make a great rebounder. And he yes. put him under that basket. He was tall. He got the ball and he gave it away. And he was great. And it was sadly the only year that he was on a team that he enjoyed because yeah. It was it was totally him. You got to recognize what they're passionate with, what yes. they're great at, what they love. Yeah, and and letting them see that it's important. You know, it's like yes, you win the game by scoring points, but you you need all these different facets in order to score. So it's like yes, Denise is a phenomenal shooter. When I coached, I had this girl Rachel, and she couldn't shoot, couldn't dribble. She was an all right passer, but she was ferocious on defense. Like she was just, she was so aggressive. And so I always put her on the opposing team's best player. I said, your, your goal is to not let her get the ball. I said, that's your only goal. So I do not let her get the ball. And she was phenomenal. I said, don't worry about scoring. Don't worry about any of that stuff. You just lock her down. And that was her role. And she, she accepted it and she was great at it. You know, so, so it's like, you can't just elevate, you know, the kid who drops 20 points and then, cause then the, the kid who did, didn't score at all, but it's like, you know what? You held that person to three points. Like, that's amazing. They averaged 14. You held her to three double high five, you know? Yeah. So, so, so now they're feeling included as well. And not just the, the more talented or gifted kids get all the praise. I think that's huge. In a, uh, exactly. And what, what's the word? In, especially in elementary schools. It takes a team. That's why yeah. there are all these different jobs. And not yeah. everyone is great at everything. Exactly. And, and while you're raising your children, you need to tune into them. You need to watch them. You need to take an interest in what they're interested in. I often talk about my son, who's a gamer. He was a gamer when I, if there were 
think video games, he would have video games when he came out of the womb. But he was always into video games. Did he, was he allowed to play video games 24 hours a day? Absolutely not. He had a schedule. He was allowed to play video games for a certain time, be outside, you know, do his homework, uh, chores, all of that. There, he was not like free range video gamer. But instead of me being like, oh, video games are going to destroy you, I would sit with him and say, okay, Kyle, teach me why you like this game so much. What is it about this game? You know, or I just sit and watch him play. I took an interest in him. He grew up. He got a degree in video gaming. He went to work for one of the biggest video game companies out there and worked on Game of the Year and met his wife there. And they're happy little video game geekies <laughs> living happily ever after. So you, you have to see, don't judge your kids and criticize them. See what they love to do and encourage that. Yeah, see, I'm dealing with that with my younger daughter. She she's big into crystals and and she's into like witchy stuff. I guess I guess we'll call it. And and you know, I listened to. I was a little re- weirded out at first, you know, because I didn't understand it, you know. And so I just started talking to her more about it. And we had, two years ago, we actually went down to Florida, and we were in the the old town area in Kissimmee. And as we're just walking through the different shops, there was a crystal shop. And she walks in and she was like a kid in a candy store. It's like she just lit right up. I was like, I, I knew she liked it, but I, I didn't know she was that into it. And she was explaining, this is this rock and it's, it's healing properties are XYZ. And, and she was just so, so passionate about it. So anytime I travel now, I find some rocks from wherever I am and I bring, up, I bring them back to her because she's, like I said, she's just super, super into it. And I had no idea she was that deep into it till we took that trip. And I, I observed her in that store. I was like, wow. I was like, okay. So, so I got to help her hone, hone this passion into something that she can either have a great hobby or even maybe be in that field. Exactly. You know, and, and there's no better gift to give your kids than to ask them to teach you about yes. something they're interested in. You want to connect with your kids, stop talking about their problems or what's going wrong and sit down and whatever they're doing that they seem interested in, ask them to teach you. What is it about that that you would teach me if I was your student or that I should know about if I get interested in it? You can do it with homework, you know, to a child that's struggling with math. Instead of being like, oh, why, you know, you can do this, whatever, and being very, you know, aggressive, him getting it done, sit down and say, teach me. Mm. If Let me do the problems, but teach me how to do it. And you know, if they're teaching you, they know how to do it. Yeah. And, and, and especially with math, it's going to stay in their subconscious mind now. Because I, I find when you're, when you're just simply task driven, it may not necessarily register in, in the subconscious, but when you start teaching, it's, it's, you're spot on, you know, you're spot on. Exactly. Like I do that with my, with my fitness clients too. I'm like, all right, show, show me, show me how you kettlebell swing. Like, oh, well, I said, no, take me through the whole process. Like, tell me the stance, help me, like, tell me, you know, just go through all of it. And, and they do it. I was like, good. I don't ever want to see you doing it wrong again. <laughs> it's like, because cause you know, you can do it. Like you have it in right. there. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. I love that. All right. So exactly. take, take me through how you came up with pumped up parenting. 
So it didn't start with the name of Pumped Up Parenting. I must credit my sister, Madeline, because she thought of the name, which went very well because I love alliteration. You know, we have Fun Fit Family Fitness. We have Pumped Up Parenting. My podcast is Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. You know, it's 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 all all letters. I love tongue twisters. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, my, my, uh, my mentor is Dr. Seuss, and uh, I'm all about <laughs> rhyming and all of that. And uh, so... In FunFit, like I said, you know, it led me to wanting to teach parents. And Periscope was the first, like, live stream thing back in whenever that was, 2016, whatever. And I was friends with people that started live streaming. And they're like, live stream, live stream, live stream, do it, do it, do it, do it. And my sister's the actress, my other sister dance. I'm not like the one to get on and be on camera. Yeah. Uh, but I just started doing it and I realized there was, there's so much need for advice and help. And I would listen to other coaches that helped with parenting and very often they would kind of go circle around the issue. They would not solve problems. Uh, And I, when I blended my family, when my two, and I met my husband and he had three, when we had to bring these five kids together, I was determined to make this be successful and make this work. Now, gratefully, our five kids absolutely got along from the get-go. We were very lucky. That was 26 years ago. And... We were very fortunate that they got along, but how was it going to happen every weekend when they came to visit? They had a mom who was like the opposite of the way I parented. How was all this going to work? And we decided we would have family meetings and we would talk about it and they would be treated just like my kids were. They were not guests in my home. They, you know, they had chores just like my kids had chores. They came there. They had to understand that in this house, we don't cuss like they did in their moms. We're respectful to each other. And even every Friday, I would have to remind them sometimes, eventually they swung into the routine routine of the home. And, you know, back then there were no cell phones. So there was nothing. I had to know where they were going, who they were seeing, what phone number I could reach them at, when they were coming home, all of those things, which was in contrast to the way they were being raised at their mom's. But I was determined to make this work. And the key is that we formed respect for each other. And we all respected each other. And even though I was not their mom, they respected me because I respected them. So often people that yell say, I yell because I want my kids to respect me. Mm. Your kids do not respect you when you yell. When you're in a job, if you are constantly being yelled at, do you respect that person? No. Well, so why do you think your kids respect you? They're doing it because they're afraid of you. Respect is formed between two humans and your children are human and they deserve respect, even though they're younger. So in all this process, I learned many successful ways to parent children and children of different families. And, and through my classes, I was able to help parents from other you know, families. And, and once it all started working, it seemed natural to just do this as the next step. 
so that I could go that extra step to help kids live happy childhoods that they can blossom from. Aren't we all sick of recovering from our childhoods? Let's create childhoods that they blossom from. And I wrote my book, Raising Happy Toddlers, because parents always say, there's not a manual that comes with kids. Well, so I wrote one. I wrote love this it. manual. I love that. And the beauty of it, unlike many other things that you may watch or listen to, is you can look up anything and find a, sex, a successful solution to the problem. Anything in the way you got an issue, it's in here. It gets your, you on the same page because that's what I like to do. If you're willing to learn, be coached, stay consistent, you can resolve any problem with you and your kids. You have to be willing to. Love it. I, I, I always say you need consistency as well. You know, it's like because that's the only real, real issue when my three younger kids are with me versus when they're at at their mom's. So like she's not a, she's not not a bad mom by any means. I, I would never say say that about her. Like she's very good with them, but like she'll she'll flip flop a little bit on on the rules. Whereas like I told you how I was raised. I was raised by a marine who was raised by a marine. <laughs> so it's like all right, these are the rules of the household, and that's how it is. Like it doesn't it doesn't matter where we are. We could be out at a restaurant. Like the rules are the same. You know, like if one's talking, you don't you don't talk talk over them. Like that's disrespectful. You know, and 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 it doesn't matter where I am. You know, we could be at the beach, we could be at, at a theme park, and the rules are the rules. It's just how it is. You know, because you know, to your point, when they get out into the workforce, the rules are the rules. <laughs> you know, yeah. if you if you're scheduled at eight o'clock and you show up at eight ten consistently, you're gonna lose your job. <laughs> you know, you know right. or, or you have have certain steps you're, you're supposed to take. You don't take those steps. You're either going to lose the job or you, you're not going to get that raise you want. So I always tell people, like, we have 18 years to teach kids how to become adults. You know, it's like, but we let them be kids for 18 years and then try to teach them how to be an adult once they're already an adult. You know, because you, you, right. Right? you can right. combine the two, you know, exactly. you can have fun. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no I was just saying, like, because you you can have fun while teaching them how to be an adult. Like, my daughter, she's going to be 15 in fe- February, and she's already talking about wh- where she wants to go to college. Like, because she's, she's determined to get into the criminal justice field. And she's on her own. She, she's like, oh, did did you know the University of Vermont has one of the top rated programs? And that's, I'm like, um, no. <laughs> but she's looking into Vermont. She's looking in, into Penn State. She's looking in, into LSU. And But we do all the fun things, too. But I, I have her thinking. I'm like, I'm not paying for college so you can soul search. It's like, I want you to seek out what you're passionate about so we can go to college get that degree and get you in that career or doing something with that, with that degree. Cause 70% of people are in a field that have a degree. They're in a field that has nothing to do with their education, exactly. you know, and, and, and that can be stopped. If like you said, pay attention to, to your kids, find out what they're passionate about and then gear, get them ready to get into that, that atmosphere. So you don't waste a hundred grand in four years of, of your life. And then you end up doing something that you love anyway. in the beginning (laughs) exactly it happens all the time like if your child you know i i tell my parents if your child's interested in being a policeman well go contact a policeman talk to him find out what he had to do to get to that point and then start working on that 
you know, so many parents want to decide for their children what they should do or what they should be, or they should follow in my footsteps. Don't follow in my footsteps if my footsteps are not where you want to be. Yep. Go in your own footsteps and go where you need to be. Yes. You know, if I was the type of par parent that thought video games were the worst thing in the history of life, Kyle would never be as happy as he is. Yeah. And would never have achieved what he's achieved. You because know, I would just be cutting him down all the time if I didn't encourage that. I'm not a video game person. I, I you know, I, I'm not really even good at it. And Kyle probably doesn't even <laughs> like to play with me. But he will because, you know, I make him. But, you know, it's you have to realize that we're all different. Yeah. And the human brain does not fully develop till you're 25 years old. So, you know, when you look at your kid and you're like, oh, they need my direction. They look like they're playing with half a deck. They are playing with half a deck. They're playing with half a deck. They're playing with a lot of emotion. And it's our job to teach them how to self-regulate, how to have logic, how to have understanding for their thoughts and their actions, how to, you know, really figure out things and have the persistence to get something right. It's our job to celebrate that work ethic, celebrate yes. what they're doing. Let them know they're doing good, more good than bad. Because they are. They're doing more good than bad. I know it doesn't seem that way, but they are. Yes, you know, and it's really up to us parents to if we're always trying to make our kids happy. And yes, do we want to see them sad? No, we don't want to see them sad. Obviously, they're our children. We love them. But welcome to life when things don't always go your way. And yes. if you're making them believe that everything will go their way, you are doing them a huge disservice Yes, and they get out on their own. Yeah, I, I say that all the time, all the time. Oh, man, like that's so spot on. But one thing I do with my kids is I teach them to seek knowledge. You know, so like a couple of years ago, one of the twins comes down, downstairs and he's like, he's like, Dad, can can you make me eggs? I said, why can't you make you eggs? He's like, well, I don't know how. I said, so what should you say? He's like, um, can you teach me to make eggs? Yes, I can. I'll be right there. You know, and now he can make eggs. He's like, Dad, can I have whatever? Yeah, go go make it. I don't know how. Well, what should you say? <laughs> can you show me how? So now it's it's ingrained in them. Dad, Dad, can you show me how to X Y Z? Can you show me how to X Y Z? Absolutely. Like always, be seeking knowledge. Like yes. don't just say don't just say I don't know how. Okay, say tell me how. Show me how. You know, exactly. I think that's huge. Exactly. You know, it, back in the day when you know dinosaurs roamed the earth, as my children say. You know, if I asked my father, what does this word mean? This is a man that read the entire Encyclopedia Britannica. He would never tell me. He would be like, go look it up. Yes. In the dictionary. Do you know what that is? That's like with pages. <laughs> but he would always have us look it up. And it's like you have to encourage your children to learn and like to learn. You know, make it a tradition. Talk around the dinner table before bed. What's one thing you learned today? That was new, that kind of thing. Make it and make your home an environment for learning. Have books, have magazines. If your kid's not a big reader, let them read comic books. At least they're reading. Mm. You know, encourage them to read stuff that they take an interest in, which is another way that you can make someone who's not interested in reading a reader. 
Yeah, and going back to finding out what their strengths are. Like I volunteered at an after school program this one day. And as I get there, the director is like, you know, gotta watch out watch out for that one over there. I was like, hey, isn't the kid like 12? I'm like, why do I have to watch out for a 12-year-old? <laughs> right. And so so anyway, uh, I asked for him to be in my in my group when we split up, you know, with the other volunteers who split up in the group. So I had him be in my group. I just started asking him a series of questions. And it's like, all right, so this kid doesn't like to be told what to do. I said, so let's flip it. And so once we, we were doing the craft part, I said, all right, I want you to work with these two and come up with a good theme for, for our craft. So it kind of empowered him a little. And he was up to the task. You know, then we switched off and did sports. And so I, I made him captain of the other basketball team. I said, so you decide who's going to play play where and, you know, X, Y, Z. And then we, then we played. He did beautifully. He did beautifully. He was directing people. Like, he was happy. He was smiling. He was playing well. And I went back to the director. I said, he's not a bad kid. He, he needs to be involved. You know, I said, that's what, that's the sense I got in this last hour that I spent with him. He just needs to be involved. I said, so maybe, maybe when you guys come in, instead of you writing the day's agenda on the board, have him write it on the board. Like, make that his responsibility. You know, I said, said just, just feed him give him responsibility, you know, cause he has leadership qualities. It's like people who have leadership qualities don't like to be told what to do. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a fact, you know, exactly. It's a fact. <laughs> so. exactly. And you do that in your family. You know, if you ask a teenager why they're disconnected from their family, they're going to tell you because no one cares what I have to say. No one, you know, respects my opinion. No one values me. Yep. I might as well, be there. Yeah. But when you start involving your children and asking their opinions and getting them to resolve an issue, if you're having an issue with two siblings not getting along, have them come up with ideas to resolve that. And how can, you know, you start getting along a little better? What can, what can you do? And then put their ideas into action. You will empower your children like no other and they'll feel valued. All you did was value a child who no one took the time to value. Everybody has value. Everybody has a purpose. Everybody has a story, you know, and power. It's all there. You just have to click your heels and then yes. you can get it. Yeah. And, and you know, some of the first big, the big things I do with my kids was to teach them to cook. You know, so like I started all of them around ages seven to eight, you know, with easy stuff, easy stuff at first, you know, make toast, make eggs, you know, nothing too, too in depth. But like my, my 19 year old, she and I cooked Thanksgiving dinner this year. Like we usually go to my sister's house, but they went somewhere else. And my mom actually went to Puerto Rico. So I was like, you know what, we're just going to do our own here. And she just, she just loved that bonding time. That, that we spent making the entire meal because I was going to have the twins come over and help. And she looked at me. She's like, we got this. <laughs> she's like, this is our thing. I was like, all right, all right. So the twins, they were happy to, to not help. But still, but just the way we turned out that meal, it was absolutely incredible because it takes teamwork. It takes trust. You know, it takes bonding. But there's, like, there's a lot of things that, that, that are involved when you're in the kitchen. And like I said earlier, I spent a lot of time in the restaurant industry. And so... Just that team dynamic in there is like the work ethic is 
I don't want to say it's unmatched, but you got to have a solid work ethic to work in a busy restaurant because there's so many moving pieces, so many things going on. Timing has to be on point to make sure everything is coordinated. And so I find just teaching the kids to cook at an earlier age, it, it, it gives them a pretty solid, solid outlook on how your work ethic needs to be. Because like when, when when I first started with with my kids, just tell you quickly, like when I I started letting them cook solo, and it's like Benjamin would make his omelet, then he'd set it down, then he'd make his bacon, then he'd set it down, then he'd make toast. I'm like, dude, by, by the time the toast is done, the eggs are cold. <laughs> I was like, I gotta teach you now about timing. And so because like with me, when I fold the omelet, the toast pops up. You know, I I get it down, I butter the toast, and the potatoes are done. It's like. Like there's an art form to it. And then again, that teaches them timing, attention to detail. You know what I mean? And like, there's just so much, so much that goes into it. But all right. Throw it back I love here. it. I love, and you know, people complain about picky eaters all the time. When children learn to cook, they tend to eat what they cook. Yeah. They tend to <laughs> actually true. eat it because they made it. Mm-hmm. And, and when kids want to help, you know, let them help. Don't be like, if your two-year-old comes over and it's like, mommy, can I help with dinner? Don't be like, no, no, go play. Go play. I got this. I got this. Let them help. Let them. They just want to be big. They all yeah. just want to be big. So let them be big because if you turn them away when you want them to help, they'll stop helping because you've turned them away for all those years. Yeah, so they want to feel needed. They need they, they Exactly. And there's always something any child of any age can do, you know, other than an infant, obviously, you know, mm-hmm. we need a few skills for that infant, like walking, <laughs> holding things. But once you got that, they can do anything, including cleaning up around the house. Oh, oh yeah. I had no problems with that. Cause like I'm, I'm one of seven kids and we, we all had chores like right from as far as I can remember. And then same thing with these, with these guys. Now, if I'm out at the gym, I can just leave a note. Like, I want the house clean before, before I get home from the gym, and I'll come back, and everything's spotless, you know? Because, like I said, my youngest, the, the youngest two are 12. So it's, it's not like I don't have little kids anymore. So when they were younger, I would just get them involved. Like, hey, you're going to do this. You're going to do this. And, and we just, again, they, they get that whole team dynamic. And it's all, yes. about, it's all about work ethic because work ethic, when people, when adults don't have it, you're not going anywhere. So it's like it takes them learning it in their childhood. They need to take pride in what they do, you know, but also make sure that if your child's like doing a chore, if they're like dusting a table and they're two, keep in mind that a two year old is not going to dust a table like you or I would. So Mm -hmm. give him some grace because he's going to dust it. Be very proud of the job he does. And then let that be. Don't be critical and go, oh, you missed a spot. You know, you missed a spot. You know, <laughs> when they're gone and they're taking a nap, then if you want to redust, redust. But the problem is a lot of parents will let their kids do chores. And then regardless of their age, they expect it done like an adult, which is mm-hmm. never going to happen. Why? Refer back to fully developed brain at 25. And they criticize them. They're like, oh, well, you didn't do this and you didn't do this. And then the child feels criticized and judged and they're not going to be so energetic and excited to help you out around the house if they're always feeling like, well, everything I do is wrong. 
Exactly. It's going to make them not, not want to do it. And then going back to the example you used earlier, if you had a boss like that, you know, is, is that, that a boss you're going to want to work for? <laughs> not, not at all. So, so you, you don't want to put that on the kids. And like I said, when I first became a parent, I was quite the tyrant, you know, I will, I'll, I'll readily admit I was definitely quite the, quite the tyrant, but it, it was just more so like things had to get done. I was on a very, very busy schedule. Like I had my oldest son and daughter solo, you know, their, their mom wasn't in the picture and I was still managing restaurants. So it was like, we, we were on a schedule. It's like, we had to be out the house at this time. Like you gotta have dinner at this time. You need to be in bed at this time. And so when I met my other now ex, <laughs> and it's like, she came in she's like, whoa, it's like, it's like boot camp in here. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's not really boot camp. It just stuff needs to get done. You know, it's like, cause here I am, I'm managing, I'm managing restaurants. So I can't just roll in a half an hour late, you know, cause if the manager is late, how am I going to be able to run my staff? So it's like exactly. things, things had to be, be on schedule. But then when I switched over into fitness and I was here more, it's like, that's when my style started, started to, to change a little where I started noticing more because when everything was so go, 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 I lost that. How was your day today? You know, because yeah. everything, all right, guys, we're in the house. We got to get the rooms clean. We got to get the laundry done. Uh, I got to do dinner. And like, I was missing that part of the interaction. And so right. like now having more control over my time, I'm able to actually sit and have one-on-ones with all of them on a regular basis, just to pick their brains and, you know, just see what they're thinking about the, the world around them. And that's so important because when you don't spend one-on-one time with your children, that's when all that negative tension becomes a reality because attention is attention to a child. Good attention, bad attention. They don't care as long as they're getting your attention. You're right. So better to have good positive attention so they don't have the constant need for that negative attention. And And, and trust your schedule so you can fit it in. Fit it in. Actually, like, Write it in. Now I'm going to spend 10 minutes with my child. Yes. And along those lines, you said the money sentence earlier that people spend their whole lives trying to recover from their childhood. Exactly. And just ask yourself, what do you want? That's why I'm on a mission to stop a million parents from yelling at their kids because you're wrecking your kids. All those voices you hear in your head that tell you you're not good enough, that tell you nothing you do is right that make you second guess every decision you do. All of those voices are put there from your childhood, from somebody who was yelling or aggressive to you while being raised, all of that. And when kids are yelled at all the time and they're they're brought up by aggressive people in whatever ways, and there's a lot of ways, we all know that parents can be very unnecessarily aggressive to their children. They don't grow up hating their parents because kids always love their parents. Yeah. They grow up hating themselves. themselves. Yeah. So you have to make a choice. And, and it, you know, I have people that always say to me, you know, your, your solutions are so simple, yet they're so successful. And that's the thing. It doesn't take a lot of work. And it just takes you realizing, do I have a parenting system in place or am I flying by the seat of my pants? Because if you're flying by the seat of your pants, that chaos is stressing out you. It's stressing out your kids, and it is not doing anyone any favors. See, and and especially having a big family. What I started doing with my kids is, and I realize tomorrow's Christmas, but I stopped celebrating Christmas. I think in 2018, 
And I told the kids, I said, this is what we're going to do. For, for your birthdays, we'll travel. Just us. You know, just us. Because when you, when you do things as a big family, as you know, having having seven people, it's a, a it's, it gets expensive really fast. <laughs> but everyone's trying to tug you in so many different directions. And so I was like, you know what? We'll just start doing it solo. And I took my, my younger daughter to the Magic Kingdom. And she had she had a blast, you know, because she had me all to herself. And we were able to do whatever it is that she wanted to do. Like, for four straight days, it was just the two of us. Then I took my older daughter. She wanted to go to her. Well, we were actually supposed to go to, go to Florida, too. But this was right when COVID hit. So we ended up going to Hershey Park instead because at the time they were in the green. So like, all right, we'll, we'll go to Hershey Park. But just same same thing, even though she's five years older than her younger sister, she was like a kid in a candy store. Because again, because she had me all to herself. And then with my twin boys, I took them down to uh, the Cape in Massachusetts. And we stayed stayed in the timeshare that had all the bells and whistles. And they, they, they just had a blast. But these are experiences that they'll never, ever right. forget. You know, these and having moments. that... And having that one-on-one time is key. I said, said that's to, to me, that's more valuable than getting a couple couple gifts under the tree. That that's right. just my, my own philosophy. I'm not trying Ask to get on anyone else's. If they remember what they got when they're eight years old, they don't remember. Like, but do exactly. they remember when they went to Disneyland or you know Disney World or Hershey Park? They remember yeah. that. Those exactly. memories last a lifetime. The random yes. toy video game lasts five minutes. Yeah, it's, it's so important. Yeah, and you start and you start watching the trends. Like I started watching the trends because with, with five kids, you know, it gets expensive. <laughs> so we start watching the trends. They play with the new toys that day, and then next thing you know, three four days down the road, they're back to playing with the old toys. <laughs> so it's like exactly. like I just spent all this money on this stuff and it's exactly. just sitting or the here. Box. Or they're climbing <laughs> yeah. into the box, building yes. a fort. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they you know, might so- just buy boxes. And make exactly. a I yeah, know. Like and you that. know that one-on-one time that you're doing yes. with your children, like so that they're not always together, lasts a lifetime and never stop doing it. Nope. My son is 33 years old. Every time a superhero movie comes out, he and I go for dinner and a movie. Every right. single superhero movie. Sometimes his wife comes, sometimes she doesn't. Yeah. But we always have that date night with every new superhero movie. Nice. And my daughter and I, we go with her daughter. We'll go on a weekend to the beach or somewhere. They never grow too old to know that they are super special to you in their own right. Not I collectively. I mean, we love all the collectiveness. Do one-on-one time. Love it. I want to share, share this one thing because this was so, so heartbreaking. And so with my kids preschool, they had uh, me and my guy day. So it was a day for the dads to come. I was one of three who showed up. One of three. And there was this one little girl who was just in tears because her dad couldn't make it. And so she comes over and she's like, Mr., can I come at your table with you? Because I was, because I'm like you. How, how you said, you know, you didn't, you didn't get that mature gene. Right. That's that's me. So like the first time I went to the Magic Kingdom, I had Mickey Mouse ears on. I'm skipping down Main Street USA, whistling and stuff. Like that's me. I tell people like I have as much fun as I possibly can, but I know when to be serious, right? So so uh, at my table, like with with my twins, we were just having a blast. We're laughing. We're telling jokes. We're doing we're doing the activities and. 
that one with just that look on her face. Like she was genuinely heartbroken. This is preschool. This is four-year-olds. Right. You know what I mean? Four-year-olds. So like the one thing I, I give advice to to new parents, because in my gym, I, I train a lot of moms. Like I think I've trained over 100 pre- pregnant women, I want to say. And they're like, well, you have five kids, right? Just so we know you have some advice. And I'm like, just be present. Yeah. Said, just be present. If they have after-school things, go. If you have to take off work, take it off. Because no one's going to care about, like you said, the toys when they were eight or whatever else. But they'll remember you being at the kindergarten graduation. They, pro- they probably won't remember anything else from that year. <laughs> but they'll remember that you were present. You know, And just show up for absolutely everything. And that's what made me leave the restaurant industry. Because I, ha- I had to keep missing things. And I was missing milestones with them. Like when... When my daughter took her first step, so I was stuck serving people, you know, and and I missed all those things. I missed the tooth coming through. I had to had to leave early from the from the band thing because somebody called out sick in the restaurant, so I had to leave and go cover it. You know what I mean? So I put myself in a position where I don't have to miss anything, and right. I can be there for all of it. So so the kids can say whatever one thing about me, but you can't say I wasn't present, like because I'm there for everything. Excellent. It's so good. And some businesses are like, oh, you can miss a birthday party because you're building for their future or whatever. They're never going to be seven again. You miss that party. They're never going to be seven again. They're never going to have, you're never going to be able to get that day back. And it is so important to be there. And your kids remember all of that. They don't, if you were to die tomorrow, what would be more important to you? That you see your kids today or that you go work, go to work, exactly. sit in the office and do some paperwork. What's, what would you want to do today if you knew you were going to die tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Live every day like that. Yes. I, I, I say stuff like that, like that constantly going back to my teachable moment of, of the day about seizing the moment, seizing the opportunity. You know, like if your child's about to do something that's an opportunity to seize because like i said with my sister here one moment next thing you know she's in a coma for three weeks (laughs) you know what i mean so it's like you got to seize those opportunities when they arise because again they'll remember that like with my two oldest kids i said their mom wasn't in the picture and that's still that still haunts them now you know like all these years later that that hurt it's 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 probably never gonna go away and so with my daughter She's actually she's actually in, in school for kinesiology, and she wants to focus on young girls who grew up with without their mom, you know, because she because she still has that that hurt, and she wants to help other girls that have that hurt. But they, I remember when my son, when my son graduated high school, he gives me a hug, like and he held on tight. He's crying. He's like, "Thank you for always being there." You know, like he didn't say thank thank you for this trip or thank you for this toy or for finally letting me. He's like, thank you for being there. Because like mom wasn't there, you know. So like this, I always tell people that it doesn't matter how far you make it in your career. It pales in comparison to you being a parent. You know, like I hate I hate it when I hear stay at home mom say, I don't want to be just a mom. Like there's, there's no better thing you could be. (laughs) <laughs> there really isn't like, what's you know, more important is there anything yes. more important you know nope. it's like you know people say they'll say to me oh well you know i i don't have 27 dollars a month to get help or something like that I'm mm. like, what are you spending 27 dollars a month on 
You know, that's more important than your kids. We get trained for everything. We get trained to be a doctor. We get trained to be a plumber. We get trained to be an athlete. We train for everything. Train to be a parent. Learn to be the best parent you can be. There's no more rewarding gift in life than me watching my children parent their children. Yep. I'm, I'm not there yet. Ho- hopefully, I got a few more years for that. <laughs> very wonderful. It's like, oh, look, I did good. See that? I did good. <laughs> so it's like one, of the, one of the biggest things that I liked was like my oldest son. He was probably the, the rebel of, of the five. And so he was out playing basketball with the twins this one day. And I was just coming out to take out the trash. But just hearing the way that he was motivating the twins, I was like, it's in there. You know, it's in there. He doesn't always display it, but it's in there. <laughs> and like, it, and that just made me smile. It's like, okay, good, because I told you, I'm very persistent with my teachings, and I constantly give the kids life lessons. Like everything that we do, like I took the twins. Well, I took all the kids except my oldest son. We uh, we went on a hike up in up in New Hampshire. And we're going up the mountain, up the mountain, up the mountain. And Benjamin's grumbling. He's complaining about it. And so we're coming back down the mountain. And Benjamin's like, Dad, why do you make us do this? <laughs> and, and I was like, do you want the answer? And he's like, well, yeah. I said, so I make you do this because that's life. Life is like climbing this mountain. It's going to be hard at times. You're not going to want to do it at times. You're going to want to quit at times. But in order to get to the reward at the top, Getting that view at the top, you have to go through some levels of pain. So that's just how life is. Things are not going to be handed to you. There are things that I have to do. Like the fun part is being on the podcast, right? Doing doing the art, you know, doing the background re- research on everyone. Right. And it, it, you know what I mean? Like people who cancel, trying to find replacement. Like that's not the fun part of being of doing the podcast. This is the fun part, getting to meet people, hear their stories, hear their experiences. But I have to go through the not fun part to get to the fun part. Right. And, and kids, I think the earlier in life that kids understand that, you know, the better, the better that they're going to be once they're on their own. Right. Understand there's a journey. You know, it's like helping kids through making mistakes. Yes. Mistakes aren't the end of the world. Actually, they're, they're a huge part of the world. Yeah, they're needed. You know, they're going to lead you to your success. Yep. You know, they're, they're little speed bumps in the road of life. You yeah. know, oh, slow down, <laughs> slow down. Rethink this, rethink this for a minute. Yeah, you know? that's that's how you gain experience. Like experiences from screwing up over and over and over. Then you finally figure out how to screw up less. Exactly. <laughs> like that's experience. Exactly. Hopefully. Maybe. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> all right, so give us some final words. Tell people how they can contact you, how they can get your book, all that good stuff. Okay, so... Final words is, and we touched on this, is start noticing the good your children do. Start noticing the positive. And don't just notice. Let them know you noticed. Say something to them. Be specific. Don't just go, oh, that was a good job. Be specific. That was a good job. What? Thank you for helping me clean up the dishes. I really appreciate it. Thank you for helping your brother read that book. I really appreciate it. Start letting them know you know all you've noticed all the good things they do because when children go to choose a behavior, if they have one that they know made you proud of them, they'll choose that one over the one that didn't make you so proud. Yes. So start 
rewarding them for their behavior by simply telling them you notice. You don't have to pay them. They just need to know that you see that they're trying and doing good. Make your home a positive home. Set them up for success. Stop setting them up for failure. And you guys, it's, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. Now, if you'd want to get my books, I would love you to get my books. My books are at celiasbooks.com. There are books because I have Raising Happy Toddlers about to really be released in Spanish. And I have three children's books. Being Different is Fun, I Am Grateful, and All About Me. And they're fun preschool age books to help kids understand their life, understand others, and really connect with the world around them. And gratitude is a huge thing. So start practicing gratitude every day. Uh, also, I'm a Pumped Up Parenting on Facebook. You can go to my website, pumpedupparenting.com. Find out all you need to know. Join my Tranquility Tribe. Be one of my million who are stopped yelling from their kids. You don't like to yell. Your kids certainly don't want to hear you yell. So start taking steps to stop it. You will feel so good about yourself. And your kids will be so grateful to be your child. So pump up your parenting and reach out. That's what I'm here for. That was awesome. Great. Well, once again, thank you for, for joining us, taking the time. And uh, uh, so I've been doing all-star panels. And I'm actually doing one, I think, in March on parenting, if you would like to join. I would love it. Thank awesome. you very much. Man, we I definitely down. love that. All right. Yeah, because uh, I take I take six. It's myself plus six of my my prior guests, and uh, we pick a topic and we we all just go round table discussing the topic. But I'm going to do one specifically on parenting. Good. Awesome. Right. Yes. Yeah. That. That's great. Awesome. Good. So I'll I'll definitely be in touch, and I, I have podcast friends as well. So shoot me a Facebook friend request. And I'll get you hooked up with uh, some of my my other podcast friends. Good. You can keep spreading the word. And I'd love to have it on my podcast. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that works for me. And, <laughs> and I hope everyone has a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. May yes. 2022, the year that it's meant to be. A great one. Every year is meant to be great. Yes. Love it. All right. Well, you have yourself a great day. Thank you very much. Bye, Robert. Thank you. All right. And so as she just said about making 2020 great, that is the next all-star panel. That is going to be on January 8th at 11 a.m. We have Steve Burlack, who was just on a couple weeks ago. We have Tina Torres, the gratitude specialist. We have Elaine Canelli, who is an author. We have Chandra Gore, the CEO and business coach. We have Sharipa Hardy, also a CEO, business leader, show host. Shay Brown, the founder of the Comeback Champion Summit. So this is going to be another amazing panel. The other four I have done, all of them rock the house. So I, this one's not going to be any different. And then we're doing the February panel. It's going to be all about projecting positive energy. And then March, we're going to be doing one on parenting. So these are all on Saturdays at 11 a.m. So please tune in. And uh, as always, thank, thank you guys for tuning in. Have yourselves a great day. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. 
We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com. Next time, shut up 